Welcome to the From the STEM Up podcast. My name is Adriana, and here we spark youth connections in STEM fields. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the From the STEM Up podcast. This might possibly be the last episode of 2020 for this podcast, but I'm really excited for what's to come. I'm really happy that I got to document a lot of perspectives this year. And yeah, for my fellow 2021 graduates, uh, I hope you're taking breaks as well. I know this time of year can be very stressful, especially I know that around the world, everyone's applying to university. If you have any questions or concerns, reach out to me and we can we can talk about some of our stresses and things like that. Because um, I'm going through the same thing. I'm also applying as well. And I'm really excited for all of us. I'm also really excited for this next guest. He's been doing a lot of work in an underrated field that's really interesting. So yeah. Hey, Save. How are you doing? Uh, everything. Everything's okay. Everything's good. How, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, yeah. Um, just for the listeners, right now is November um, during the time that we're recording. So but yeah, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, of course. So my name's uh, my full name is Safe Panjwani. Um, I'm a 16 year old. I'm a senior in high school, and uh, uh, I was born in the United States, but my parents were from Pakistan, so I have a little bit like the Pakistani heritage. And yeah, I really, really just love STEM and doing um, programming. But I'm really, really passionate about the subject. Uh, this what I think is a widely underrepresented subject of material science engineering. I do a lot of work advocating for it and researching it as well. For sure. Um, so what are your favorite subjects in school? So uh, my, I think I'm obviously, uh, I am a little STEM focused, so, but my favorite subjects are probably physics and chemistry um, and then calculus that comes um, with these two subjects. But yeah, physics and chemistry are just, I'm <laughs> crazy about them. Nice. And it definitely ties into what we're going to talk about in the future. So the classic question, what does STEM mean to you? Yeah, so STEM is kind of, I think it's two things for me. It's uh, uh, the first is just it's like a place where like innovation happens and um, people can come together. Uh, but it just and those are the, the two things where people can create new things and learn and also where people can come together and have like a community. Uh, STEM is just like a feeling of unity, like whether whether you like do it uh, and you innovate new cre- creations, you uh, educate people on the topic. Um, it's just, you, it just unifies other people. And I think that's the main thing in STEM uh, through its, its aspect, what I feel. For sure, like the, uh, the things we innovate and the things we create uh, really bring people together, especially um, as you said, when we, when we we're when we're moving forward to highlight more underrepresented voices in STEM, I think it's going to be even more um, unified than it is right now. Um, so, you mentioned a little bit about um, your interest about material science and engineering. So, could you explain what that uh, field is briefly and why you're interested in it? Yeah. So, uh, I bet. Uh, if there's anyone listening to this podcast right now, a lot of people haven't unfortunately heard of material science engineering. Uh, and a lot of people have, but um, it's a kind of underrepresented. So it's basically kind of combining like physics and chemistry together. And it talks about like the composition and structure of the world. So 
um, your phone, like the polycarbonate material that your phone, the charger is made out of, uh, the metal, the metallic alloy that planes are made out of, all these materials and how they're built and how they're formed uh, to create these amazing things in society um, is kind of like the essence of material science engineering. It's like it, uh, material science engineering kind of like is the composition of our world and it makes everything up. Uh, and that that's why I kind of really like it. Um, but that's a little background on material science engineering. And uh, I think when I was in ninth grade-ish, I watched this video from an Iowa State University professor. And he talked about how like material science engineering, what I'm saying right now, it's how it's the foundation of our world. Um, and I kind of just got hooked from there. And uh, from I, I always loved science before that. But when I got learned about material science engineering, I kind of just got hooked. And I wanted to research it and spread awareness for it. For sure. Like, I actually never knew any peers that specifically were interested in material science engineering. Like, the local universities around me, uh, I don't think have those, that combination isn't really prevalent. I would definitely check it out. And if you have any questions about it, you can ask safe. Definitely. So uh, what is your dream career or profession? I know it's like, we basically just covered it before, but um, where do you think you're going to go with material science engineering? Well, I definitely want to get a PhD in the field. I think I'm really confident in where the field is and how, and how it's important for like how the f uh, future and how our world is going to develop in like in the scientific world and public policy. I think material science engineering is going to be the forefront of that. And I definitely want to get a PhD so I'm knowledgeable about that information. And I also want to combine, um, I, I, I do a lot of work with uh, com machine learning computer computation uh, wherever I research. So I want to kind of combine that. Um, and once I get a PhD, I kind of want to either uh, research it for a while and then go to industry and then uh, use material science engineering and then like computation to see um, the, the interdisciplinary, like how interdisciplinary it is and see what it can innovate from there um, and like create something new with the, the field. So I think that's like where I want to go, research and then industry. Uh, but definitely I want to get a PhD in the field. For sure. I think that route is a really cool way to do it. Uh, do you think that material science engineering is a field that is like exponential or emerging in the future? Or do you think it's, I mean, like I've never really heard about it before. So I'm, so I'm assuming it's something that is pretty new. Um, but I don't know if, if that's the right way to put it. Yeah. I mean, not many people have heard about it, unfortunately. And, um, but I think it's been this interdisciplinary, how um, it's combining kind of physics and chemistry. Um, it is a little bit new, but I think it's always like kind of like made the world around us, like from like the, um, from throughout history when they created factories, whatnot. So I've always think it's, it's been there. And for the future where we're developing new, like new phones, um, new planes, new uh, like biomaterials, new organic materials, um, all these things that are so important, any material that is created has to have material science engineering in it. And I think that if, uh, like if for the future, well, as we create more and as like this is like we modernize, I think material science engineering will only get uh, more essential and more needed. So I do definitely think it's exponential and I do think it's going to keep on going and going. And that's how, why I kind of like do it because I, I really, really believe in the importance of it uh, for everyone. Mm -hmm. What is the coolest thing that you've seen some uh, someone do surrounding material science engineering? Um, I mean, I would be a little biased if I talked about 
the research from my uh, the laboratory I do. So I guess I won't say that. Uh, but uh, I think the coolest thing that I've seen is probably uh, if you ever hear about cartilage engineering, uh, I think that's pretty cool. It's kind of using uh, it's using like organic materials and using them like like um, the cartilage like, the, like literally like the cartilage on our body and our skin and to make something out of that. That is probably the coolest thing I've ever seen with material science. Someone actually using like like not human components but human structure to make something else. Definitely. Yeah, like I've heard a bunch about, you know, uh, organic organs. I'm, I'm not really sure what it's called. Mm-hmm. No, no, but like making making organs or arteries out of like spinach leaves or something. I don't know if that's specifically what material science is, but I but I think it's very related in a way where yeah. you're you're like mimicking organic matter and life and and it's really interesting and i i think i think we're gonna uh stop here before the break i really want to get into what you've been doing surrounding material science engineering uh so i'm pretty excited for that uh so i'll see you guys after the break Hey, this week's episode is brought to you by the Accelerated Learner Academy. It's a course for students and lifelong learners to go from continued failure to top marks and success. It's a four-week life program where you will be learning directly from Matthew Espinoza and his team on how to maximize your brain and be more productive for this next school year. In fact, I'll be joining Matt and the others in version two of this course as an advisor in the program. I took the Accelerated Reading course and increased my reading speed from around 200 words per minute to 600 words per minute which is awesome. So version two is going to be released on January 15th. So if you want to get to know me better and join the Academy, be sure to check out the link in the bio for the full Academy details. All right, to the next part of the episode. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed that break. So for this next part, uh, as I said before, we're going to talk about some of the things that SAFE has been doing through his research and through his projects and also through a novel, which we're going to be getting into. So the first thing I want to ask is your organization called STEM Encounters. Um, so why did you start it? Like, what does it offer and what is its mission? Yeah, so uh, I think uh, if we go back, so STEM Encounters is kind of based on material science engineering, but it, it incorporates so many aspects of STEM. Uh, so uh, I think uh, early 10th grade is when I had a lot of knowledge in material science engineering for like from ninth to 10th grade, I like, kept on learning about what this field is, how it works, what it applies to the outside world. Um, and I spent like a lot of time during uh, just taking courses, but a lot of those courses were kind of like you had to pay for them. And like, even if you didn't have to pay for them, like for certificates or proof or anything, almost all the courses that I saw, there were a couple courses that were uh, open source. Uh, but a lot of like the courses from like professors and other people were uh, not, and and it really really stung because that they were they were putting a price on kind of things that I wanted to do, things that I wanted to learn, and I knew that a lot of people. I, I was very confident in material science engineering ever ever since I saw it, but I knew a lot of people wanted to learn it, uh, but they couldn't. They just simply like they, some people just aren't in the position to afford it. So I started STEM Encounters based on that concept to give people knowledge solely because it is knowledge and that like you should have it um, and give STEM education and to kind of spread that. Uh, so that's what STEM Encounters built on. But I knew that everyone didn't want, just want to do only material science engineering. 
Um, even though I love it, I don't think everyone constantly wants to do it. Uh, so we try to do it interdisciplinary. We kind of um, combine other aspects with other fields like artificial intelligence and neuroscience, but ultimately we kind of cover a lot of aspects in STEM. We do courses. Uh, we try to do courses. We do blog posts. We have a, we have our own podcast, uh, that uh, materials science engineering podcast. Uh, but we also have like, uh, other interactive events. We have other, uh, like courses centered on other aspects in STEM. We, uh, as I said before, Java, we have Python, we have Arduino course coming out soon. Uh, we have a CAD course, we have a competition math course. So we have all these courses centered on STEM. And STEM Encounters like, is founded on material science engineering, but ultimately it's just to spread STEM. It's just to spread STEM education uh, through like its courses, blog posts, uh, whatever. Um, and that's what our mission is kind of based on, just to have STEM solely and MSc, material science engineering, solely because it is uh, knowledge and everyone should have it. For sure. Yeah. Like when I was um, going through the website, I was pretty impressed by like all the things you guys have been doing. Um, so whether it be the podcast, which I'm super excited about, um, I love when I meet other podcasters, but also surrounding like the uniqueness of the organization. Like I've never really heard of anything that was specifically, well, not specifically, but uh, concentrated on material science engineering. And it's really awesome that you guys are putting light on that program because it is a very uh, important and um, exponential topic, as you said. Um, so it's really awesome. And I will definitely link the website uh, down below. Yeah, so you've also uh, wrote a novel or is it a novel? It's a, uh, I like to, it's like a novel slash textbook type book. Okay, okay. So it's called The Composed World, A Journey Through Material Science Engineering. So what inspired you to make the novel? Like, what's your process? What are your key takeaways from, from, from writing this novel slash whatever you want to call it? Yeah, so it's, uh, I've, like, with STEM Encounters was kind of based on, like, spreading the MSc and spreading STEM to, like, a kind of platform. And I love that. I love doing that. I, I will always love doing that. But I really saw some people or, and I noticed that some people didn't have like a personal connection to it. Um, and I wanted to write something that connected to an audience and got them excited about this field. Like, even though uh, it's like, even though it's emerging, I wanted people to know about it and to get interested in it. Because I feel like if more people were interested in it, then the world going forward uh, would be in a much, much better place. So uh, that was kind of like the basis of writing the book. Um, and what I did was I read a lot of textbooks and I read a lot of, which was not necessarily like the most, even though they are on a topic that I'm really interested in, uh, not many people just like casually reading textbooks because like, for example, at, at the end of after every chapter, there's like a problem set that you have to do based on the yeah. stuff in the chapter. And that, that's, that's just, that didn't just seem fun to me. I just wanted people to like, not have to worry about that and read. Uh, just because it was just fun and the, the topic was enjoyable to learn about. So each there, I tried to attack it with a different perspective. Each chapter is kind of like a textbook, but I do try to like talk to the audience a lot. I just say, I say, oh, this is about microstructure. And when I talk about phase equilibria, I talk about um, um, like uh, the graphs and different um, aspects of um, it going up. Why does it go up? And I try to talk to the audience rather than just stating the facts on the table. And that's how the chapters are based. But then I still feel like even like some textbooks that try to go above and beyond and still talk to people like that. 
is still kind of just really plain and textbooky. And I didn't want to promote this as a textbook. I want to promote it as a, as I, as you said before, more of a more of a novel type of book. So in between each chapter, I have something called what I call breaths. Um, and basically they kind of cover what I do in material science engineering. So people can understand like a real view perspective and they can understand like what this, sub this subject can do for the world. I talk about my research blog posts I've written in STEM encounters, my personal blog posts. Uh, I, we, I have transcriptions of podcasts I've done, um, interviews of material science engineering professional, prof professionals. Um, and I compile all this and I like, there's probably like one to two, there's one in between a chapter that has three breaths, but each has a couple of breaths in between. And they talk about the things I've done so that they can connect to the audience more. Um, and it allows like people just to like learn and to learn about what I do and they just learn about the field as they go along. So that's how the book is kind of structured and it just, and connecting to the audience, which is my ultimate goal in writing the book. Yeah, this, this novel, I think, I think what, STEM lacks, especially in education, is that engaging an interactive piece because we because I associate, you know, STEM in school as working through problems. And then when I get the textbook, it's it's all about working towards that practice test or that grade. Um, it's 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 not about actually like focusing on the engaging part of that material. Um, so this is really cool. I will have this book linked down below. Um, as well. Uh, so where is this book like available to purchase or to download? Uh, yeah, so the book is uh, currently it's on the our seven counters web the seven counters website. Um, and uh, by the time this podcast is out, it will be on Amazon. Um, it'll be like officially on Amazon. I'm just waiting for the like the confirmation from one other source. Uh, but by the uh, it's free to download on um, the our website, which as you said, should be linked down below. Uh, and it's com it's in terms of like buying and purchase, it's completely open source. Anyone can download it. Um, it's an ebook, so anyone can download it, anyone can read it, um, and there's no pr uh, price on it at all. So uh, yeah, it will be on Amazon, you can read it on Kindle. There's gonna be an audiobook coming out soon um, within um, hopefully around uh, the time this podcast comes out. And uh, it will definitely be on Amazon by the time this comes out. For sure. Uh, so I will definitely check it, check it out and uh, show it to some of my friends who are interested in engineering as well. This is awesome. I've, I have uh, interviewed, I think maybe one other guest who has wrote, uh, who has written a novel. Um, and you've mentioned a lot about your, some of the research you've done. So you've done some research elsewhere and also you've had personal research, but uh, I'm going to start off with some of the research you've been doing at the Structural DNA Nanotechnology Laboratory at NYU or New York University. Uh, so would you like to talk about that, kind of like your work, and maybe some advice to uh, our listeners as to, you know, how to join a laboratory or like a university laboratory? Yeah, so uh, I guess researching at the, uh, at the Structural DNA Nanotechnology Laboratory uh, was kind of a lot different because I've, I've I've done past research. I've worked on past projects in school, but like when I started working here, uh, which is like um, end of 20, 2019, um, early 2020, it was kind of a completely different field. It was uh, completely different. I was kind of like thrusted into this uh, um, environment. I reached out to a professor and um, they allowed me, they said, hey, come on, work with me. 
Um, and I was kind of thrusted into this place where everyone was just doing research um, and working. So my research specifically involves, uh, we're trying to look at how thermodynamic properties affect DNA structure. Because uh, we our entire laboratory is based on how can we use DNA nanotechnology to, to actually improve nanorobotics and nanofabrication. And we're, uh, my specific research in lab, I work with uh, uh, Dr. Yoel Ohayon, um, and Dr. Ned Seaman, and then Simon Vecchioni, um, who works at Columbia too. And we all are looking at how, um, like what thermodynamic properties of free energy, enthalpy, entropy affect DNA structure stability and how that con contributes, the, how that stability contributes to overall um, a DNA structure. Uh, so that's what my research is mainly about, and that's what we kind of work on. Um, I, my specific work, I write a lot of code and I do a lot of algorithms, um, calculating different um, thermodynamic values, and um, uh, I do some conventional work where I use those that code and that that process, uh, and my uh, the other research to actually test uh, DNA structures and DNA crystals and see if those thermodynamic values actually hold up. Uh, and, but currently what we're doing was where our, our ultimate goal is, is something really innovative, is uh, we're actually, we're making a machine, machine learning neural net uh, using nearest neighbor nets, uh, like a fundamental part of machine learning to actually create uh, or to actually predict DNA uh, thermodynamic property uh, like of the DNA sequence uh, before it happens. And it's, it's kind of like we're trying to see if we can predict these thermodynamic values and do these thermodynamic values hold up with real world values and then what does that mean? Uh, and so we have some actually preliminary data which is gonna be published in the ACS Nano Journal soon. Um, uh, once our like, machine learning neural net is like, complete and we have more research up, uh, upon it, we have some data that we've published there. Uh, so yeah, that's really, really exciting what we're doing there. And I guess I would recommend to anyone who wants to do research is just reach out to people. I reached, I reached out to, I think, tens of 20 people, just like enthusiastic and exciting for research. And I didn't get replies from every single one of them. So you just kind of have to power on. But if you show them that you're really interested in this topic, I was really interested in material science and engineering. And I kind of showed that. And if you're really interested in the topic that you're trying to research with, with a professor, uh, one person will notice and he'll pick you up um and take you under his wing for sure that's that's some amazing advice like i i would definitely recommend the exact same thing just emailing a bunch of um professors and uh you know getting one acceptance out of 19 rejections is totally okay and totally normal um even if uh even for job interviews as well um so that's really cool i understood maybe three quarters of, of what you said um, so it seems like you're doing some super cool stuff um, with your machine learning, DNA. It's, it's, it's amazing. And, and, and now I'm truly realizing how cool material science engineering is. And I hope the listeners listening right now are starting to uh, gain interest in it. So I encourage you to go read more uh, again with the novel or through some encounters or just by, uh, you know, connecting with safe online. Um, have you ever, you know, considered a science fair or have you done that before? Or are you just uh, planning to stick with uh, writing papers and through laboratory research? Yeah, so I, uh, I've, I actually have done science fairs, but I don't use uh, my structural DNA technology research 
uh, just because I feel like uh, that's more of a team. Um, I work a lot in that team, but that's more of a team effort. And I don't want to use that research and kind of milk that. So I, I've done my own personal research even before the laboratory. And that's what I've done in science fairs. And I won awards from like the, the from Sigma, uh, from the International Youth Research Summit, um, soon like uh, Regeneron, all these like uh, research competitions. Um, and I, I have done science fairs and I have won awards for my personal research, which kind of is also about like the machine learning type area. Uh, and I talk about it in my book as well. So what I, what I did was um, ever since like, I think er, maybe mid 10th grade, I wanted to solve the materials problem, which is kind of a common problem in materials science engineering. It's um, can we get a material to, how do we know material that a material is actually viable for a specific project? How does an engineer know immediately? Usually they have to test it. They have to go through a, a lot of simulations and algorithms. And there was a team at, at, at MIT work, trying to fix this problem. and. Uh, create a neural net that uh, accurately predicts um, if an engineer uh, can use a material or if it's viable for a certain project. Uh, and I kind of wanted to take a stab at that, but also put my own spin on it. Uh, so that's kind of, and I talk about it in my book as well, but that's kind of a brief synopsis. I uh, taken data from a material. Um, I'd taken what that project is, and I use certain APIs like the Alien Text API and Google Cloud Visioning API to actually um, um, allow the algorithm to understand if that material would be good for a specific project. And if it is, it would say it is and give more information about it. And if it's not, then um, it would give another material viable for it. Uh, and then it, uh, from that point, it goes exponentially on from there um, and how I built this and how I've consulted multiple like different professionals on how I should do it. Um, and yeah, and that's what I uh, have like entered in competitions and won awards for. Um, in science fairs. I definitely recommend anyone listening to do science fairs. Um, it's really, really fun and it's enjoyable, even if you um, don't win or um, or anything. It's re just really have it, you just, it's just an amazing experience to just present your research and learn from even others doing research in your field or in others. Yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely encourage science fair. I haven't done anything close to as complex as SAFEDA um, did. But when I did do a science fair, it was it was just really cool. Like I reached out to like a smaller university and got a professor to give me some materials. Like if you don't have that kind of equipment or materials that you need for your science fair project, go out and uh, like I'm sure a institution or academic uh, institution has it um, and like a lot of professors are super keen on 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 helping young innovators and I guess a lot of universities really want uh, high schoolers to come to their labs just because it helps promote their university um, but also like you get that experience and you might work on um, under them in the future someday so it's really cool that you get that those 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 connections so that science fair knowledge or even just research knowledge it could just be a side project is really important and those skills that you're, that you're going to gain are really, really awesome. Um, so talking about the projects you did and you've been very distinguished in your previous projects of gained a lot of awards uh, such as the Sigma one, for example. Um, are you planning to do anything different or are you planning to stay in the same route and kind of 
like expand on your current project? So I, uh, yeah, that, that's a great uh, question. So I, uh, I've always been, I've always wanted to do more and research more. Uh, but I've always been like, uh, like for example, my machine, that algorithm, I always, whenever I have spare time, uh, as I've gotten older, like this spare time is uh, dwindled, but I always wanted to do that more. So I, I always want to make sure that my past research is always improved and innovative, but I, I also want to improve my further research and kind of imp imp go into new fields, see what they uh, uh, can do in material science and how um, innovative that is. Uh, and I do a lot for, um, I've done, and I want to continue to, to do a lot for a lot of STEM education and material science engineering education. Uh, I've done uh, uh, like presenting at the, I'm going to be presenting in April at uh, being a GFEL, a Global Forum for Education and Learning Top 100 Visionaries in Education uh, at, in Las Vegas. Uh, so I'll be presenting like a keynote speech on the disparities in material science engineering education. Uh, so I also want to go the route of doing more research, more learning, uh, uh, but I also want to keep on going and promoting materials and engineering education. Uh, and I want to keep on pushing that out there uh, through whatever outlet, um, like whether by the nonprofit and my, um, my book, maybe writing a second novel sometime in the future. Uh, I, I, I want to keep on doing for a lot of work in not only research, but education. So, and STEM education. That's super awesome. The GFEL Top 100 Visionaries in Education Award. That's super cool that you're going to be speaking uh, at Las Vegas about this um, material science and engineering education aspect. And I think um, that kind of award was well-deserved because it's very, it's like some the, the things you're doing right now is are pretty unique and not really put on the spotlight. And you you have been doing a couple more things uh, before we end off this episode. Um, would you like to talk about uh, your material app and what that entails and what you're planning to do with it in the future? Yeah, so the material app is kind of, uh, it's also been a kind of a side thing of mine. It's something that I want to push forward. And it's, it is kind of, it intertwines both the things I've done in education and the things I've done in research. Uh, but it's just, it's not solely focused on MSE. Uh, it was at first through talking about it and finding a team and like leading and uh, programming this app, it's it's kind of become more innovative. So basically what it is, it's a forum app that allows for researchers and actually the world to connect and post and spread their research and innovations. I never saw an app like this or any sole website dedicated to this. Uh, it's kind of like what I would compare it like kind of like a Reddit of the science world. That's what I want it to be at least. Uh, and I wanted to, I want to kind of allow scientists and researchers all over the world to communicate, whether it be just their personal passions, what they want to do, um, even connecting other professors with other uh, young individuals, rather than just using like one, like, like LinkedIn, I want to have like where scientists and researchers can congregate. That's what the material app is kind of based on. And that's uh, what hopefully within the next year, uh, I want to uh, have uh, a beta test was completed. So within the hopeful, uh, the next year, I want to have the full version out for other people to just post their research, um, just have blog posts, just spread innovation. That's what it's kind of based upon. Yeah, spread innovation, spread new ideas. That's really what you've shown to us today uh, through all your work. Um, and I'm sure SAFE is working on a lot more projects 
but I think we are ending off our episode today. So do you have any last words or takeaways you want to give to our listeners about uh, material science engineering or maybe just um, life advice? Yeah, so I think that in terms of like material science, I think that not specifically material science, but find the thing that I guess you're passionate about and just go with it. And if you're passionate about something and it doesn't matter where you start it or when you start it, uh, at what age, whatever, uh, just find the thing that you like and just just go with it. Um, and make sure spread your spread your innovation, spread your research. Don't just hold it to yourself because that's what uh, kind of research and innovation is. Um, and I think that I think one of the final things I want to say is um, you don't have to like create like uh, these organizations. You don't have to make keynote speeches. You, if you can just make teach another person about STEM or teach another person the things you like. Uh, and just spread and just do your own learning. Um, it could be the smallest thing in the world or the biggest thing in the world. Um, as long as you like doing it and as long as, and if it helps someone else, just go do it. Exactly, do what you love, do it for yourself. Uh, so I think that's a really great uh, ending little splurb. Uh, so thank you so much, Safe. Um, I will have always all his socials linked down below. So down below you'll find his LinkedIn uh, which is under construction right now, but uh, you can contact him. Uh, he has a website as well for STEM encounters. Uh, so stemencounters.com. So it's pretty easy. Uh, and then he has his book as well. I will link that as well. Um, and then also along with a Discord, so the STEM encounters Discord. Instagram is just safe.punjwani. But uh, again, please reach out to him about any questions or, or inquiries. Um, because I'm sure there's a lot more cool things he can talk to you about. Um, so thank you again. I will see you guys next week. And remember to always ask questions and to stay curious. See you next time.